0: slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc slash drink.
1: How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Yeah. Oh, wait. What? How are you peeling? Get it?
2: Peeling? Like a fruit what's wrong with you how are you peeling (laughs) that's my favorite joke yeah we didn't even talk about fruit or anything to segue that in maybe just like think about fruit oh okay saying like wait i'll try again you know i had fruit salad
1: this morning oh really how are you peeling there it is (laughs)
2: still doesn't make sense (laughs)
1: Wait, wait i ate a banana today you have to say i'm currently eating a banana because then i can be like here
2: i'll I'll just like start getting into acting like no yeah okay Oh, this banana's real good. Oh, yeah? How yeah. are you peeling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there it is. We found it.
1: We would be the best improvisers. We found our groove. I can't believe you're on an improv show. I think we would only need, like, four takes each scene to, like, get it right. Oh, yeah, 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 Just, yeah. like, be like, hold on, cut, and then start over. I'll
2: be like, hang on, I have a better dad joke. Give me <laughs> give me 20 seconds to conjure it up. <laughs> Let me take some notes real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, happy, uh, Happy prediction day, because we're... F- recording this way in advance right now so Mm -hmm. when this comes out a lot of things will have happened in our personal lives so that's true um you will have come back from a 10-day trip that's true how do you think it goes um it went really great and a lot
1: of people were like like taking my photo and I had to wear sunglasses in the Cincinnati oh. airport
2: because I'm a celebrity now. Right. Yeah. If you, you know, it would be funny if we're joking about this, but you actually do meet someone. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. What probably will happen is I'll run into my high school boyfriend and he'll be like,
1: Ugh, and I'll <laughs> right. like have dirty hair. That's probably more likely. Okay.
2: Anyway, it was great. Uh, what else is happening? Um, for me, Allison's birthday <gasps> already happened. It actually hasn't happened yet. So how was it? I'm hoping it goes really well because I have arranged a whole day scavenger hunt around Allison's town. Cue all the sappy
1: eye rolls. M has created the perfect birthday for Allison.
2: I told Christina about it. Um I, I, I remember at one point I was just on the floor and I don't... She was she was hugging a pan and I she was like, I don't know how <laughs> that happened, but I uh it's gonna it's going to be, and uh, when you hear it, it has happened. But it's going to be a scavenger hunt where she wakes up in a room full of balloons. She has to pop all 25 balloons because now she's... Oh, no, she's going to be 26. Shit.
1: Oh, I didn't know
2: that was related to anything. <laughs> oh. Okay, twenty six.
1: Oh, I have a SpongeBob balloon.
2: You can just make that the cre- oh. put that in your closet as a number twenty six. Perfect. She's gonna have to pop twenty six balloons, on twenty six balloon. It's gonna tell her that we're going. Guess what? A note's gonna fall guess out. Guess what? Says, all the
1: balloons say though. Um, don't conveniently skip that part. Each balloon says a reason uh, that
2: M loves Allison. Well, no, it's going There's gonna Aww. be a. <laughs> there's gonna be a note written. There's gonna be a reason why written down on paper, and I'm gonna put it in the balloon before I blow it up and tie it. So she has to pop each of them. And on the last one, instead of just a reason why I love her, it's going to be a reason. It's going to be that she's adventurous, so we should go on an adventure.
1: All those people who slid into your DMs back in the day are, like, (laughs) throwing their computers against the
2: wall. Well, also, at each spot, she's going to get a present, which I've already talked to um, the places we're stopping at. And there's going to be very kind employees who don't know me that are willing to hold presents for us in advance. And I took the whole day off. At work. I mean, come on. To prep. But Allison doesn't know that yet. Well, she
1: will know when you... (laughs) Happy birthday, Allison. Happy birthday, Allison. I hope it's everything you dreamed of. What are you going to do for her birthday? Oh, yeah, you're running away to Ohio. Listen, I'm going to be far away from all this mad, this romantic madness. This is like a fucking Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't totally understand how you have the mental...
2: Okay, well, the birthday was actually going to go incredibly differently if Christine were in town because I wanted you to be involved in everything we did. Aww. But you're not here, so I had to it's improvise. It's better. It's probably better I for improvise. everyone's
1: sanity that, I, that I'm not around to be like a, I guess so. aggressively yelling at all of you.
2: <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. I mean, it was great. I heard all about it in Cincinnati, where I'm... I hope you do. If Allison hasn't texted you about this, I'm going to be sad that she
1: didn't brag about it. Oh, of course she's going to She's going to be like, did you know about this? And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. I'm busy hiding from the paparazzi.
2: I also came to... Jesus, Christine. (laughs) I also came to Christine's today and just stole everything out of her house so that I'll have things for the birthday. So I stole everything. Every birthday bag, every... Sprinkles. Sprinkles. (laughs) Cake pans, wrapping paper. Which, to be fair, is
1: like 80% of my belongings are like birthday
2: paraphernalia, so... Yeah. You do make a good point. So I'm just trying to recycle what I can. Well, that's... I'm very excited. Anyway, I guess that's why I will be drinking when this airs. Fantastic. And you're going to be drinking because you're probably gained 10 pounds from all the cake tasting you're doing in Ohio. that's right. We're doing a cake tasting on Saturday. I'm
1: really excited. I mean, yesterday we did
2: one. Do you have a cake a flavor in your in your mind currently before you've tasted them no i feel like really i'm the
1: worst bride ever i'm just like i don't know i like cake it tastes good to me all of it tastes good i don't know what's your favorite cake in the whole world like my mom's cake
2: oh, <laughs> like, oh why doesn't she make it that's oh my saving. money god she probably will I, I could probably
1: order a cake and then on the, my wedding day she's gonna be like i slaved all night for this <laughs> apple
2: cake i made and like, apple cake that sounds pretty good it is very good um if, if I, I had it my way my wedding cake would be fun funfetti but oh that would be fun though Ah (laughs) that would be
1: fun get it (laughs) please let's let's pretend that didn't happen yeah we'll see i don't know i'm not picky about dessert or anything really as you know i'm i just i aim to please all right all right (laughs) although a red velvet wedding cake would be great but i don't know if that's a thing all right anyway you want to know something interesting that i think that you'll
2: find interesting Um, it might be interesting, but I'll have to find out first if I think it's interesting to tell you if I think it's interesting. Okay,
1: well, that's really interesting. Here we go. Okay. Attila the Honey ate, which, by the way, I'm all about a good pun, on Twitter. Okay. Sent this message, and I was like, my mind was blown. Here we go. I'm ready. I just started listening... Um, on September 30th, and I'm now on episode 17, Stanley Hotel. I heard M wonder where all the ghost children scene would have come from. I've heard the theory that most ghost children are actually just demons trying to trick us into feeling safe and comfortable in order to get us to trust them. Nope. I think of the Annabelle story as a good example. The theory goes that most children are more innocent and wouldn't have any reason to be trapped on earth, no baggage, closer to spirit already, etc. Have you heard of this before, and what are your thoughts? Ever since I learned that idea, every time I've heard of a ghost kid since, all I can think of now is, that's not a kid. I'm sure there are exceptions, but I've heard plenty of stories of people's children interacting with imaginary friends who are allegedly children like them, where the interactions become more sinister and or aggressive over time. Anywho, just thought I'd slide into your DMs to ask a creepy question. You guys are awesome. Much love from Arkansas, Katie wow that like blew my mind a little bit because i was like there are remember we did that episode and i'm like wait whose children are these i
2: think it blows my mind because it's something so obvious that why haven't we thought of it right and because there are so many creepy ghost children and there's something so creepy about them yeah i think i don't have i don't know what my thoughts are because this is all happening at once it is very i haven't heard that theory but i absolutely like would not put it aside like that makes total
1: sense i think it makes sense too
2: I don't know, because I know, like, like I have a little kid ghost in my in my childhood home, and he's never, ever tried to interact with us at all. Right. People have just seen him in passing doing his own thing. Right. But no one has ever... He's never tried to talk to us. Maybe that's the difference. If they don't try to talk to you and they're just kind of stuck doing sure. something from their time, maybe we're good. But if they, like, wake you up at night and they're like, hello, play with me, then... Cause That's
1: a demon I Remember the story of the The child The phone Was it a listener story Last episode Um Who uh, The phone rang And she answered the phone And it was a little boy Being like Can I sleep with you tonight Oh like, that was my
2: last story That was the Franklin Hotel I think
1: Was it the Franklin oh, Hotel Oh was it Where she woke up On the floor Yeah Oh wait was, No It was, it was the, the Frank, Oh the Franklin Castle Or whatever
2: Yeah 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 yeah
1: Okay The Socialist Airbnb Right Speaking of that place I do want to mention that I did find out that the German Socialist Party was a very far right wing and <laughs> it wasn't technically the Nazis but they kind of transformed a lot of them which uh, joined the Nazi Party and I do want to say I really don't know a lot about history.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Miss Cronin. I know I took AP History but I was usually playing Brick Breaker on my Blackberry. I took AP Government and I got a one <laughs> on the test and apparently AP Government is supposed to be like the easiest AP class in like all across America. It's supposed to be like Oh, even if you're not smart, you could pass AP government. And I took that, and I, I was the only one who got a one. Everyone else got fours or fives on their test. I got a five on my AP English test.
1: For all you haters who keep writing to us, well, okay, here's the thing. I know that donator is not a word, and I keep getting emails and tweets being like, you're bad at English, donator is not a word, it's donor. And every time I read them, I'm like, I didn't say donator. And then I listened back to the listener episodes, and we say donator every single time, and I'm like, I know that's not a word. It's not a word. I I I mean yeah. I mean it
2: technically is from like the 1600s, but it's Well, it's not a word, but it's one of those it's one of those things that everyone says it in in the right context. You just know what we're saying anyway. And I just want to yield everyone. Like, I'm not going to stop doing it. I promise
1: it. I can speak English. I know technically that donator is not a word. I got a 5 on my AP English exam and my teacher went what, did you cheat or something? And I was like, you're really
2: rude. I'm surprised you're not just going with your usual English isn't my first language.
1: I tried that, but I was like, I joke about that too much. I need a new edge to my <laughs> argument.
2: I was really smart in high school. That's your, new <laughs> art. That's your new one. But
1: I also got a, speaking of AP tests, I took AP music theory for, go- oh, I think I had a crush on someone in my class. I don't remember why I took it, but I got a one on the test because we had to sing. Oh wow. Well, we had to read a bar of one too. A one. I had to read a bar of music in front of my whole class and attempt to sing the notes and I was like, what the fuck is this? Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm now I'm sweating again. I need to change the <laughs> subject. Want to know something else?
2: <laughs> yeah. We got a gift. We got a gift. We did. And you didn't open it without me. I did open it without you. There it is.
1: Because I want to surprise you. Okay, what is that? I want to know? Cuz you always surprise me with gifts and since I don't buy you gifts Uh I just wait for other people to send us gifts that I can give you vicariously and pretend like I gave it to you. Okay. So this is a gift we got from Nicole. All right. I got an email today that was like, you have a package. And I was like, ooh, a package. And I'm like a little kid about mail. I just fucking love mail.
2: So I went to our (laughs) P.O. box and... All the way... Wait, don't put this on. All the way in... Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know if our intern Allison was going to be... Getting our mail from now on. Oh, no, that'd be nice, though. Also, fun fact, our intern Allison has uh, resigned as intern. Oh, yes, officially. She also doesn't like it when I refer to her as the intern anymore. Which is why we're always going to refer to her as the intern.
1: <laughs> Everyone thinks she's actually our intern. I'm like, no, she's literally just my friend and M's girlfriend, but... And she just she's
2: just way too nice.
1: But, yeah, yesterday she laid down in our hammock and said, I resign, so...
2: Yeah, it's on Twitter if you want to go follow her.
1: But also, I think that we need a real intern, so... Put on your resumes, people. Okay. Okay, so this is really sweet. There's a note that says, To Christine M and Gio, thank you for all the time. I'm sorry, Gio puts no time into this. Gio puts
2: every ounce of his okay, being into this. Fine. And we both know it.
1: Thank you for all the time and hard work you put into making your podcast. It's wonderful and it's been getting me through some hard times. Enclosed are some paranormal and true crime inspired crocheted toys I made while listening. Best of luck to the podcast and all future endeavors, Nicole. I'm sorry, crocheted toys. Are you ready? I can't wait. This is out of control. I screamed in my car. No way, no way. Oh, see. Here, here here's a Veliska axe murder <gasps> axe. Shut the fuck up! Wait, they get better.
2: Oh my god. Oh, and this is professional crochet. Oh, it's like this is like something that you would buy for like forty bucks at a store. Oh, it's like you know that she has. has this isn't some flimsy shit. She's like a professional crocheter.
1: This is a demon pig. <gasps> oh my god. Um, she made a fucking demon pig. Oh my god. Look at its this wings. Is the it has sweetest. wings. Oh my god. Oh it's it's beyond. It's the okay. Oh this my, is the how best many one? are there? How many are there? One more. Okay. Okay, I'm
2: ready. ready? I'm ready, I'm ready. This ready. is for you. I'm ready. It's a disembodied <gasps> foot. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> look oh, at it way. wow she got the bones so accurate How did, i was staring at it. i was like there's five toes there's five and there are five different toes like there's definitely a big toe and a pinky i'm like is there a pattern for this or did she just invent this I this don't... is really professionally done there's not a stitch at a place there's i don't even know where she tied it off did she tie it off i, I don't know this looks like a machine made it nicole Nicole. Send us your, like, Instagram handle. Nicole, I wanna... do you want to be our intern? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicole, you want to make her, be our
1: intern just make us toys? Oh, my God. Oh Wouldn't my that God. be nice? Oh, my God. Also, uh, Nicole, um, if you could send us your Instagram slash Twitter, I want to post a photo of these because they're so fucking Oh, amazing. hell yeah.
2: You c- Also, if you're not making money off this yet, you better. Like, oh, she probably is, I imagine. This is incredible. This is... This is, this is this the is, demon pig, the, the demon, the ax has I blood on it. I can really breathe about it. So. <laughs> it's so good. This is the, this is the
1: greatest. Gift. I scream so loudly. Anyway. So that's all I wanted to show you. Um, <sighs> holy
2: crap, Nicole. Thank you. That I just, I can't get over that's these intense. The
1: demon pig is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my whole it's life. It's
2: like, it's so cute, but scary. It's cute and scary at the same time. Well, let's see if it starts moving on its own or something. Well, let's see if the
1: basement troll girl wants to play with it.
2: Oh, by the way, the cellar door apparently opens on its own.
1: Oh my god, that's why I drink this week. I forgot to tell you why I drink. Okay, go. So the the my brother had two friends from high school. Our our friend from whatever I don't fucking know. We took the bus together, and I used to bully him. So he stayed <laughs> he stayed here uh, with his boyfriend, and the two of them stayed in the quote unquote recording studio slash cellar room uh and i didn't really say anything the first night but i guess nick listened to the podcast and was like uh i know what that plunger for is you can't like pretend that that's not (laughs) in front of my bed i was like oh okay uh but i guess the second night they stayed here nick came out and goes yeah so i in the middle of the night uh the door to the cellar or to the basement opened and then um you know, we were sleeping, and then the next morning I woke up and, like, went to look at it and shut it, and I realized that not only was that door open, but the door down the stairs, like, t- to the cellar were- was open. Uh, and he was like, yeah, and last night it was definitely closed because I had gone around to make sure everything was closed because we had a party, and I was like, I want to make sure nobody, you know, wandered around and opened the doors. Um, and so I had shut it, and he goes, yeah, they were shut when I went to sleep, and then the next morning they were all the way open, like, touching the wall. Yuck! And then... I keep, this is, I feel like I'm just putting this juju into the world, but I wanted to tell you that I keep having these like phantom smells, No, which are driving me crazy because I keep thinking like, it's gotta be something. So I'll spend like 10 minutes looking for whatever the source of the smell is and then it'll just vanish. But like there, there was one that was perfume and it was so strong and it wasn't like I have one air freshener in that bathroom and I know it's like a certain smell. And I smelled this in, like, a random room upstairs in, like, a closet area. And I was like, this is coming from somewhere. And I wandered around looking for it. Then today, something was burning. And I was like, there's a burning smell. And it was so strong. So either I have a brain tumor or (laughs) there's, like, a fucking... I don't know what's happening. But there's, like, all
2: these weird smells in, like, pockets. Well, Christine also today decided to tell me that she bought a scry pendulum to communicate with the spirits here. I bought a pendulum. Because in her very infinite wisdom in her very lawsuit way. Her uh, logic is, well, it's not a Ouija board. Yeah. And go, so you basically bought a Ouija board, but not. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not a Ouija board. I
1: want to play? <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, apparently she's already spoken to the friendly male spirit who lives here, who apparently knows who I am. Yeah, he does. And he's, likes Gio. He's but who an, doesn't.
1: Yeah. He's an adult male and he lives here. And he said he died like on the land nearby or within this area and he likes geo oh, oh
0: there goes shit. Geo. <laughs> holy shit
1: <laughs> what did i say what did i tell
2: you i don't like that no nope. we both know what what caused that because mm-hmm. there's nothing going on in that room anyway disgusting. So,
1: let's move on do you want to tell me something else gary
2: i do but first i want us to high five on record and say that we um we kicked ass at beer pong. <gasps> we did kick ass at beer pong, you guys. What our, else did you expect? Back in back in our college days. Hell yeah. Christine threw a party for Alexander this weekend. Yeah, last it was weekend. his birthday. And we had a beer pong area, and Christine and I played. Oh my god, we kicked ass. We kicked ass. Like, there was no question. We both, we both pretty much evenly decked out. Yeah, it was wild. We just, like, kept winning. <laughs> it was really good. And then we played cornhole, and by that time, Christine was not um around let's, mentally let's just say i don't remember playing cornhole we didn't win cornhole no because we got so good at beer pong <laughs> that christine lost uh a I lot of her focus used all
1: that. my talent on beer pong yes and sobriety i used all my <laughs> sobriety and focus and then let it all go to the wind
2: but we had never we didn't know each other in college and we never no. partied together so that was a good time it was it was really fun all right enough chit-chat Stop talking about beer, Em. I know how much you love it. I know team wine and team milkshake merged to for team beer, and won the game.
1: Yeah, it was really a beautiful moment for all time.
2: Yeah. All right. So this story is San Antonio, Texas. This story is San Antonio, Texas. I mean, I'm just, like, trying to, like, edit out my own words just to get to the point faster. But by doing this, I ends up defeating the purpose. You're like that
1: episode of The Office of... I was
2: was thinking the same thing! Where Kevin just (laughs) doesn't use, like, articles. (laughs) He's like, why
1: use words when me no need them? (laughs) They too long.
2: (laughs) Okay. This story takes place in San Antonio, Texas. Ugh, that's so many syllables. Um, Not even... It's not even really a story. It's... This is, um... This is a hotel. Okay. And I'm just here to lay down some facts. Lay them down. So it is one of the, well, the hotel itself isn't as old as the bar on site. Mm. I know you love a good haunted bar. I love an old bar. It is one of the oldest bars in the country. And there's said to be up to 32 spirits in this bar slash <gasps> Holy. hotel. Holy. It was built on land used as uh, battlefields during the Alamo. Mm. And it Do has, you remember that though? Oh, I don't know.
1: I'm sorry, that was so stupid. I tried to stop my mouth and I How couldn't. How are you
2: peeling? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite joke. Uh, okay, so uh, the it's called the Menger Hotel, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Menger? No. Menger. Or Menger? 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 I do say Menger. I don't fucking know. Um, it has served a whole bunch of famous people, um, including Robert E. Lee, Bob Dylan, Oscar Wilde, John Wayne, and 13 presidents. Holy Um, the men oh okay this is where it gets good for you they also have an on-site like a a staple drink that they sell called the menger bar margarita oh nice so if anyone wants to drink one while they listen to this story uh it is two ounces tequila one and a half ounces triple sec two ounces of sour mix or lime juice and sugar Mm -hmm. and a splash of orange juice Okay, so um, with with that, kick back, relax, listen to we'll, the story.
1: We'll we'll put on some elevator music so you can go make your menger margarita. menger menger. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait
2: right here. Are you back? Did you already drink it?
1: No, I think I think they need a, another minute to shake it and then put it back in. Oh,
2: okay, go go shake it. Okay. Okay, now but they drank all of it. God damn it, we waited too long, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they just paused the whole show and they just chugged a couple of them. <laughs> now they're not even going to remember the story. Oh, All right. Anyway. That's the problem with our podcast. So the Menger Hotel uh, opened in 1859 and it was started. it originally wasn't a hotel, it was a brewery. And it was called the Western Brewery and it was opened by William Menger. Okay. So he partnered with someone else and they made the Western Brewery on the site And it was the first brewery in Texas, and within the next 20 years, it had also grown to be the largest operating brewery in Texas as well. Oh, shit. Um, In the 1860s, Menger also bought out his competitor, so he just owned basically all the beer in the area. That's nice. And he earned the nickname Beer King. That's like every frat boy's dream. I know. (laughs) Um, So on the other side of the brewery was a boarding house which was owned by a woman named Mary and uh menger and Mary knew each other pretty well. I guess he stayed at the boarding house a lot and they ended up falling in love. They got married and they expanded the boarding house and turned it into a like pristine, um, luxury hotel nice to accommodate his brewery customers oh sure sure he also built um an underground tunnel because of course why wouldn't you always always the tunnels always nicole where's our crochet tunnel oh my god build us a tunnel out of crochet that we can like <laughs> crawl through oh you know we could you could just crochet a studio for us because this fucking plunger oh right is getting in our way still oh my god we're gonna get a we're she's gonna, gonna fucking crochet a plunger she's i know, I <laughs> I was know like I know she's it's not coming. gonna crochet as a studio i know it's, it's coming it's gonna be a plunger so um they He had an underground tunnel. Technically, it was used so he could chill his beer at the right temperature and blah, blah, blah. But he also used it, um, I guess he was a little narcissistic. And he, anytime people stayed at the hotel, he would let them, if he liked them a lot, he would let the guests go down the tunnel and he would give them a tour of the underground brewery.
1: Hmm. I thought you're gonna say it was like line you said he was narcissistic i thought it was gonna be like lined with mirrors or something and he was oh, just that would
2: have been neat go like look at himself in the <laughs> tunnels oh a mirror tunnel <laughs> um okay so the place was so successful that within three months they planned to expand the 50 room hotel into over 300 rooms oh um the civil war came though and a lot of people weren't staying in luxury hotels anymore and so they had to shut it down but in an attempt to support the war efforts, they opened it back up as a hospital for the soldiers that on in the area. Wow. So it also became a hospital for oh, a while. So then you know a lot of people died there, which is just fucking great. Correct. In 1871, Menger himself passed away. And they don't really know the reason why, because there was never an autopsy done on him. But his wife carried on with the hotel. And an exact quote from the website I saw, which is within one of the 31st pages on Google is <laughs> is uh mary didn't allow the death of her husband to affect her business at all like, you take it girl fuck yeah mary you be that badass boss babe feminism in the 1870s hashtag was alive and well boss babe hashtag okay. william who yeah so <laughs> hashtag new year new me who does n- new hotel who does <laughs> so uh, in one year even though he died In one year of working the hotel alone She had 2,000 more Guests stay in the hotel Than ever before Oh Anyway She's doing fine on her What own. a badass lady um, Also with the expansion Of trains being um, More common in towns The hotel got even bigger And basically Until the 1870s Through the 1870s It was known as The best known hotel In the southwest And it was entirely Gas sourced Which was very rare At the time yeah uh very extravagant and it was just super classy but they sold it in the 1880s for what is now three million dollars today oh, at the time it was 118 thousand dollars. in 1890 this is the first death that's there that's the year my house was built
1: this house no sorry in cincinnati ew
2: 1890 you need to just find like just go to a place that isn't from the 1800s i'll tell you a priest died there <gasps> i know right why is that even creepier
1: it's you would creepy. think if a
2: priest died there, you have like eternal security. Right. Sure.
1: Whatever. All your comments about priests, I know yeah. that. Thing. Thanks, priest. Thanks, priests. We have an elevator in it because no. it was built in the elevator is like forty years old, and it was built because the priest was in a wheelchair, so he could only go to the first and second floor, so the third floor was abandoned, which is where my room was for like decades. Shut the
2: fuck up. And the first up. so are you excited for my wedding where you get to stay there? <laughs> I can't wait. I, That'll be... I feel like we're going to have to do a special for the show. Oh, for sure. Where in, we just... Inside the elevator. Yeah. I do this really mean thing, like, with my piano
1: teacher when he came, and he was so obnoxious. He used to, like, read my mail and stuff. And so one time he came over to do a piano lesson. I was like, let me show you the elevator. And he told me... He had told me he was claustrophobic. So we got in the elevator, and then I hit the emergency stop and turned the lights off. And I was like, we're stuck. It wasn't funny
2: when I did that, <laughs> because he was actually claustrophobic also that sounds so bougie of you to be like i already know how this elevator works all right
1: <laughs> like... to be fair it's an elevator that's like from 1965 like it barely moves it's not Ugh, it's not very it still work yeah creepy i know it is creepy it's very slow and creepy and made of like old wood
2: Ugh. okay well to be continued sorry go on so in 1890 the year your elevator house was created <laughs> An insurance agent stayed at the hotel, and while there, they don't know what the backstory was at all, but he pulled a gun and shot a man at the bar named Jim Draper. Oh, my God. They have no idea why. They don't know if there was a relationship between them, but Jim Draper was the first guy to die.
1: Oh, my God.
2: As far as we know, besides all the soldiers,
1: and then the previous soldiers
2: from the Alamo, because actually, he, um, William Menger, built the brewery on the exact lot where Davy Crockett was. Fighting. What? Like we're like everyone. Every Texan soldier died. That's casual. So in 1903, a 26 year old from Kentucky was staying there, and he was terminally ill. And knowing he wouldn't get better, he went to his room and slit his own throat. (gasps) Which is you. That takes a lot of heart. Yeah. That's that's like that's a painful way to go if you're doing it intentionally. Well, and you have to be really. You really gotta want it. You. I don't even... I can't even. So, um, here's a good story. In the early 1900s, this isn't about death, this is just a fun fact. In the early 1900s, a circus performer was staying at the hotel. Was it you? Fuck you. And he uh, left without paying the bill, which I would never do. Uh Uh-huh. So, he just so happened to be in such a rush from essentially dashing... Away from the hotel. He happened to be so busy that he forgot to bring with him his 750 pound bull alligator. And he left it in the hotel after he fled. I'm sorry. His what alligator? His 750 pound bull alligator. Bull? Yeah. It's a type of alligator because... It's the it's a bull, it's seven hundred and fifty pounds. He just like casually left it. He was just like, I'll be back. He's and like I'm just going can- to the circus, I'll be right back. Yeah, I left something over there. Um so as opposed to you know, doing anything about the alligator on the hotel grounds, mm-hmm. they decided to name him Bill after the bill that he forgot to pay. <laughs> Wait, what? so he paid the bill with yeah Bill the Crook or Bill the Bill the Bull Alligator alligator. Uh, and they allowed him to run free around the entire atrium of the hotel. Wait, can I say something really weird right now? Uh-huh.
1: Okay, I wrote a pilot script once about a hotel mm-hmm. called the Bab- Babcock Hotel. And in it, someone had left an alligator behind in the hotel. Well, this is Premonition Day, isn't it? And it had brett, like, I guess they were, it left two alligators, I don't know, but there were, like, baby alligators and the one alligator, like, roamed a hotel, and it was, like, part of the script, so that's super weird. Okay, well, basically, you wrote history. Maybe I was him in a past life, and Maybe you're Bill the Bull Alligator. Oh, probably. Some... I meant the clown, but, like... <sighs> Maybe
2: you could have been the alligator, and I'd be the clown. Uh, whoa. And we were in a haunted hotel. Listen. It was meant to be. This huh. is where we were. It all makes sense now. Now we know exactly where we were in the early 1900s. Finally, I've been San wondering. Antonio. I've been trying to figure out where I was in the early 1900s for years. Well, well, now we know. Thank God. Fear not. Sometimes, if Bill was nice, they would even bring in other alligators so that Bill could have some friends around. Do you, <laughs> you write about that? Like, Yeah. There were multiple alligators. There you go. Listen, you knew. Listen. So, um, okay. So, in 1924, there was a huge fire. Uh, it started in the brand new addition to the oh, hotel, of course, in no. the kitchen, and the fire grew rapidly because in 1924 the building was made of plywood. Plywood, wood in general. Oh, okay.
1: I just you made had the, you had it. I knew that. Uh, and Wait, it, did Bill survive?
2: We don't know. Okay. Bill. Knows? Bill has not. He's not around anymore. I don't know how he how he died. Okay. Um, but so. The fire destroyed the third and fourth floors and the night clerk who was on duty that night was running from room to room, um, knocking on the doors and waking up the guests. So all 101 guests survived, <gasps> but, uh, the fire steam engine that was heading to the fire to help everyone was driving so fast that they rammed into no. oncoming streetcars, and the firemen and the people in the streetcar all got injured. No, are you fucking kidding me? So, that was just irony. That's, that, right. Yeah. That's the, shitty. Uh, the paper said that the flames allegedly enveloped the entire block, but the original section of the hotel was okay. So just all the brand new addition went went away. Oof. In 1980, it became a historic landmark, and in 1989, it was listed on the National Trust for Historic Preservation. Nice. So anyway, here are the ghosts.
1: Oh, I'm so ready. Is Bill a
2: ghost? That would be fun, wouldn't Can it? Can you imagine an alligator ghost? An alligator ghost. <laughs> I want it so bad. Uh, hey, what's the difference between a
1: crocodile and an alligator? Uh, one of them doesn't live in North America.
2: Oh. Wait, is this a joke? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, what is the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? One you see in a while and one you see later.
1: Oh, that's cute. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say something stupid about their teeth.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. All right. <clears throat> um, so there's one employee there who, as of the article I read, was 78 years old. So he might be up to 80 now. Uh-huh. Um, And he still works there. He's worked there for almost 40 years and his name is Ernesto, and he's been working there since 1977. Um, and he loves talking about the ghosts there. And anytime someone tries to approach the hotel for an interview, he's like right on board, first in line, ready to go. Nice. And anytime someone um, says that they've been haunted by a ghost there, he's the first one who wants to show up and talk to them. And so he's really into it. Nice. Um, he said that his first experience. Uh, Was a ringing bell but it wasn't connected to anything oh and this bell would ring and ring so we asked someone about it and they said oh that's just teddy calling his rough riders (sighs) so what is that you ask what is that i ask teddy is teddy roosevelt (sighs) so teddy would uh regularly stay at the menger hotel and as of 1898, he started going there a lot, and he really liked it, and he used it as a base to recruit um, people for the Spanish-American War. Mm -hmm. So he had his own little gang of people that he called the Rough Riders, and he would recruit them from that bar where he would sit there, and he would just watch cowboys come in or people that he thought would do well. It really just ranged from whatever your job was. If you were at the bar and he could get you drunk, he, he would basically convince you to sign up to be a rough rider and people would wake up the next day hungover on their way to boot camp. So I'm a rough rider is what you're saying. Oh, do you wake up hungover and go to boot camp or do you just wake up hungover? Oh, that's just the first part. Okay. Right. So no, you're you said- just rough. Uh, oh, I just, up...
1: oh yeah. Well, you said he convinces people when they're drunk. And I'm like, that's probably me.
2: That's also true.
1: I'm like halfway there. I'm You're like... like the non-military version. Totally. I'm there without the commitment
2: of like getting mm-hmm. up and or being like on a the horse. the patriotism or anything. So some of the people were Teddy's classmates from Harvard. Others were Native Americans. Some were cowboys from Texas. Some were Rangers. And others were just people who would just walk in for a drink. <laughs> like, but they all somehow ended up getting enlisted to fight and even though um these people only remained in san antonio for a month before they ended up getting recruited out right they a lot of them still haunt the bar and so now they're called teddy's terrors
1: oh my and those are the ghosts that yeah oh yeah yeah
2: it just i feel like the name teddy isn't very intimidating so it's like you know what is terrifying also related to teddy roosevelt the teddy bear the teddy ruxpin oh what's that teddy ruxpin the robotic 80s bear that talked tape cassettes to you i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i still have my teddy ruxpin he's fucking creepy what are you talking about google teddy ruxpin it's a bear it's an animatronic doll that was like the most popular toy of the late 80s early 90s i never had that do you know, do you, so you see what I'm looking at? Oh,
1: it's so creepy looking. Okay, so
2: in the back, so he's dressed, right? He's got his little overalls. Yeah. So they were Velcroed on. You would take them off, and in his back, it was a battery pack and a cassette tape. Right. And so you could collect cassette tapes, and they were all different stories. And so you put it in, in his back, and then it was basically his. in his mouth was a speaker. And so you would just hear the story, Ew. but Teddy Ruxpin's eyes and mouth would blink and move. Ew! So it was... The idea was that you had, like, your teddy bear was your friend and he was telling you the story, <laughs> but he was a creepy fucking robot that when my Teddy Ruxpin started dying out and, like, the stories like, the tape cassette's still playing, but the battery's dying on him. No. So he'd go... And the horse said, "Nay, nay, 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 nay." nay, nay. And and I, I was like, "Nope." No he thank literally you. turned into a demon. That's what you're saying. Actually, the first Teddy Ruxpin. There's an urban legend that it actually was possessed by a demon, oh, and he okay. wasn't telling stories. He was just telling the his owner how to kill people. What the? F- where are you reading this? Um, it was a website that was really popular. Tumblr. No, 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 no. It was a, it was a website that like doesn't exist anymore. It was like urbanlegends.com. Like, it was something so generic Uh before, like, people had to fight for URLs.
1: Well, I will tell you, I just looked up this Teddy Ruxpin situation, and they currently are selling them for iPad versions where you can download stories, (gasps) and it looks exactly the fucking same.
2: Ew. And you can download iPad versions, and it'll tell the story. Ew. And you know what? That's good marketing, because now all the 80s kids are parents. So they're... Oh, that's disgusting. You're right. So it's just, they know that those parents want them because they remember it but don't they look at them and say i was traumatized by this i don't want to i think the early 80s and mid 80s kids weren't traumatized i think their younger siblings from the late 80s early 90s are the traumatized ones because then teddy ruxpin was crapping out got you anyway where were we oh yeah teddy roosevelt who knows okay so teddy roosevelt also this is just another fun fact for you it's widely reported that one night his monocle popped out and he fell. It fell into his jug. <laughs> his jug? His jug of old granddad. I think that's a whiskey. Sure thing. It sounds like one. And he gulped it down, monocle and all, without even noticing. Wait, I'm sorry. That's a wide ass gullet if your monocle. Just goes right down your stomach. That's a drunk ass man if you swallow <laughs> That's a... some Mike Malone shit. That, yeah,
1: Mike Malloy.
2: You Mike Malloy. swallow that whole fucking monocle. So, anyway, Teddy Roosevelt's ghost. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. He is a translucent figure and he never moves, never shifts, only stares. Oh, sure. uh The staff has reported being watched at all times and if they don't see him, they always still feel him staring. There have been other times where he was more vocal, where he was sitting at the bar and he has actually hollered out to the workers and tried to recruit them oh, to be one of his rough riders that's so sad that he's still trying to get people to be his friends. i was like give up dude it's like come on reportedly he would sit at the bar um and he will shout at the employees what he likes about them <laughs> to try and coax them into a conversation with him and you then when they turn around to actually talk to him he disappears have a great personality and then boop, you're gone <laughs> your eyebrows are flawless well, they're not. But thank you. You're welcome. So that's the one of the main ghosts, Teddy Roosevelt. There's two that's other... That's actually pretty badass, though, to have, like, Teddy Roosevelt as your ghost. Yeah, like, I oh, am just hanging out with, like, one of the presidents. No big deal. Oh, it's, like, casual. It's whatever. It's fine. It's... I'll ask him how FDR is sometime
1: when it's I get like, to it. It's, fine that he invented the teddy bear, basically, <laughs> but
2: whatever. <laughs> so the other two main ghosts, one is Sally White, who was a chambermaid during the late 19th century. Um, her husband, Harry, was, uh, very abusive and very jealous, and in 1876, he threatened to kill her, so she ran to the police, and an investigation was, quote, done, but in the 1870s. That makes me mad. Uh, basically, they had nothing to hold on him, because there was no proof, so they couldn't put him in jail. She went to her house to pick up some stuff, and he saw her there and chased her down the street. Oh, my God. She lived next to the menger, and so she tried to run to the hotel, but in the street, before she got there, he shot her twice. <gasps> he shot her? And she survived for two more days, but tried recovering at the menger. First of all, why wasn't she recovering at a fucking hospital? But she stayed in the hotel and died two days later. Oh, that's so sad. So um, the hotel actually paid for her funeral costs, which at the time, by the way, the grave was $25 and the coffin was 7 so they paid thirty two bucks and her receipt is still in the lobby. Whoa. Wait, That's, her receipt for staying there? No, her receipt for her <sighs> funeral costs. Holy shit. So today people see her ghost a lot, um, especially on the third floor where she used to work. But she is always carrying towels or sheets or like she's still working, like for eternity. Poor babe. Um, she's also often seen with um like a, a laundry basket, essentially. Yeah. And one guest actually got out of the shower one time and saw her, saw Sally folding sheets at the edge of her bed. She's also been described as nearly translucent, nearly translucent, like Teddy Roosevelt. Um, but she's wearing a maid's uniform with a scarf tied around her head that looks like a bandana and a lock necklace of beads. Oh. She also wears a long gray skirt, and I guess that uniform was very common during the era. So when people see her cleaning. They'll call down and be like, why is she not in uniform? And they're like, oh, that was the old uniform. Or there are even maids who have died there even before Sally died. And those maids are in, like, old lace uniforms. Whoa. And people will be like, why is my maid wearing lace? Lingerie. (laughs) Yeah. And they'll say those were the uniforms, like, 200 years ago. So um, the other main ghost is Captain Richard. He was a cattle rancher, and he loved the hotel so much that while he was still alive, they named a suite after him. And uh, so he was regularly staying there. And anytime he did stay in the hotel, he would just go there. Sure. And uh, eventually, he found out he was terminally ill and requested to stay there until he passed away. So he had his own suite and just that he made it his deathbed. People like just staying there until they died, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> I don't get it. And the bed is said to be the exact same bed frame that he passed away in.
1: Oh, no.
2: So a lot of people who are into paranormal stuff try to sleep in that bed. Uh, The room has since been remodeled, and the door is no longer where it used to be. Um, But he still moves through the wall where the original door was. So they know it's like a residual ghost because he's not following current rules. Right, right, right. He's going off of like the blueprint of his life. He also died in 1885. Fun fact. Just uh, so we like know in the t- <laughs> where in the timeline I am. So his funeral was held in the lobby and guests who rent the King room have awakened to see him standing over their bed or sitting on their bed or when they go towards the bed, there's already an impression sitting on the bed Oof. or on the pillow, which is even creeper. It's like a Oof. ghost ass on the pillow. Um, they get the sense of being watched and one woman woke up to see... Um, not only him watching her, but pacing as he was watching her. Um, as if he, like,
1: get out of my room. Yeah, he's like get nap. out of my bed. I just want a nap.
2: Uh he's also been spotted roaming the halls right outside of the door and disappearing through areas that used to be doorways. Okay. Um, as the story goes, he does not use his own door and he never uses any other door on the hallway. So he'll go into other people's rooms too, because it all used to be one big suite. Right. So he'll just walk through any part, and so a lot of people we'll see him going through walls because that used to be where different rooms were in his Um. suite. Uh, The last thing that happens or is like circulates around him is that around his old room, there's a dancing red orb that shows up or is always just outside of his room. And people have followed the orb down the hall and then it ended at his room. Oh, or they'll see an orb. They'll see like a red dot in the hallway, float into the room or they'll see like, it'll come up to people and it'll like approach them. So that's kind of weird. That's creepy. But people always say, oh, yeah, that's um, Captain Richard. So he's just a red orb. It's fine. Just a red orb. Other than that, I have um, a couple other quick um, paranormal things that have happened. Nice. But they have no, you know, you'll see. So there's another ghost that's a lady, and she wears metal frame glasses. She wears an old fashioned blue dress. She wears a beret, and she is often seen knitting. One time an employee thought that it was a real woman and went up to her and said, are you comfortable? Can I get you something? And then she looked up and said, no. <laughs> and <laughs> and then as like, after she said no, she like just vanished into thin air in front of him. Um, Do you think she was knitting a disembodied foot? I think that might've been what she was doing. Probably. Apparently also the kitchen area is known to have their utensils float around by themselves. Oh, no. And a lot of times people will come... Like, staff will come back the next day and all... The kitchen looks totally different because the ghosts don't like what the kitchen looks like now. <laughs> oh, no. This is not where the spatula goes. Which is not the first time I've heard this. There's a lot of places with kitchens um, yes. and haunted areas where they will rearrange the kitchen because they don't like how it's set up anymore. Right, right. Um, people also report seeing their beds levitate they'll hear strange rapping noises and they have seen clear apparitions appear beside them when looking into a mirror they've also smelled cigar smoke they've uh watched heavy doors swing open like they were really light Mm -hmm. and they have had um they basically watched people replay the last moments of their life because they'll report what they saw and then go downstairs and And the people working will say, oh, yeah, that guy killed himself or that guy died or that guy got shot right before he was seen doing exactly what you just reported seeing. Um, There's apparently also a young blonde boy who plays in guest rooms while they are sleeping. Mm -mm. And you can even feel him. I guess he has a toy truck and you can feel him rolling the toy truck on the bed. Oh, and sometimes he'll accidentally go over your leg. Oh, no, no, no. TVs turn on by themselves. Uh, There are definite temperature changes in certain rooms, and there are certain rooms where the maids have to go in as pairs because they are too afraid of the feeling that they get when they're in there alone. Another time, a bartender was trying to find the correct top for a bottle, and so he placed a random one on top and just turned around. And when he turned back, the correct top was sitting on the bottle, and the random top was sitting beside it on the bar. (gasps) That's some spooky shit right there. Oh, yeah um lights will also flash people have seen skeletal hands reach out to touch them Uh, while they're in their beds uh, like reach out from under the bed like a real monster under your bed oh i would rather have a kid with a train i don't care (laughs) maybe based on that theory maybe they're the same thing oh i
1: don't care i'd rather have a demon
2: playing with a train than a fucking skeleton hand um apparently the young ghost children will also try to tickle your feet while you're sleeping okay i take it fucking fast take it back i don't want that uh, there was one guest who said that from 7 p.m. until the next morning, none of the electrical outlets would work. And then all of a sudden, they would come back back on. Um, another person said they heard moaning in their room. And it sounded like a man, but they were the only ones in their room. And while visiting another person's room to complain about it, they smelled cigar smoke, thinking that that person was a smoker. Mm. But um, And she definitely smelt it in the room. Yeah. But the person's room that she went to... That person said that the smoke smell followed her. It's like they both, like, were getting it from different perspectives. Right, right, right. Um, there's also a male ghost named Frisky because he can't keep his hands off the women, especially the redheads. So, apparently... Uh, Gross! Er I know. Ernesto, apparently, um was talking to one of the female guests who had experienced a ghost but she was saying oh i've lived in haunted houses my whole life like this isn't even a problem and ernesto watched her ponytail suddenly stand straight up as if someone was like playing with her hair like watched it moving around as if defying gravity all by itself and she in the middle of the interview She, uh, turns over to her side, like looks behind her shoulder and says, would you leave me alone? I'm trying to have a conversation. And her hair fell back down. Listen, what a fucking pervert. First of all. Also, people have taken pictures and have noticed that in, in images that have, that were taken right next to each other. There are now people standing in the background. (sighs) Of the picture when a second before and the other picture, no one was there. No and it wasn't like, oh, they could have walked. It's like they're now just appearing. Right. Um, and then Ernesto said that there is nothing here that will hurt you, but sometimes they'll scare me. I was standing on the third floor the other day looking at a photograph, and all of a sudden the lights started to dim, and I felt as if someone was trying to... Um, I felt as if someone was trying to hurt me with their stare. I turned around and there was nothing there. I got scared. Even at 78 years old, they still try to get me. Oof. Ernesto, man. So that is the Menger slash Menger Hotel. Whoever wants to correct me, do e- it. Email Christine. She'll <laughs> get it. could She'll be a soft, it. a soft G, a hard G. Who knows?
1: Ay, ay, ay. What a mess, dude. All right. Ernesto. Ernesto. You okay? He's... The- <laughs> you
2: need a drink buddy
1: yes the answer is yes
2: (laughs) christine tell me if i'm wrong but i'm guessing you like podcasts how did you know that i think you also when you're not doing them i know you do your improv don't you i love improv okay so here's the thing if you've ever wanted improv and a comedy podcast in one and sci-fi my favorite genre sure there's a podcast for that no yeah It's called Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X, Mission to Zix. Oh, man. And so get this, it's a podcast that's created by veteran comedians from UCB. (gasps) You do improv at UCB. I sure do. It's like family. Oh, my family. The first season's special guests include cast members of Saturday Night Live, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, The Chris Gethard Show, Search Party, and other great comedies. Oh, my God. But so they do improv and then they edit it down to turn it into basically a sitcom podcast. Oh, that's great. It's pretty wild. Let me guess.
1: Tell me. Does Mission: Azix follow the misadventures of Ambassador Pleck, Dexeter and his crew as they attempt to establish diplomatic relations with the inhabitants of a distant, uncharted corner of the galaxy, a quadrant often referred to as the Ass End of Space? Okay, so either you, so
2: you've heard this. You've well, heard of the show. Well, I just, I didn't want to burst your bubble, but well, the Ass End of Space is probably the best thing I've ever heard of. So, I mean, if if that doesn't pull you in, I don't know what will. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. It's a great fucking podcast. Okay, I'm dramatic as hell, and I love sci-fi, and this is basically a, a, a sci-fi drama, plus improv, plus comedy, and as a podcast, and there's just very, very juicy stories, very juicy plot lines. Uh-huh. Like, will the omnisexual security officer succeed in sleeping with her new work crush? <laughs> will the droid C-53 manage to remove his restraining bolt and experience real emotions? Will he? I don't will the sentient starship reconcile with her countless ex-husbands. I mean, there's just so many things to worry about. Anyway, if you wanted to listen to it, well, it sounds like you've already listened to it a little bit, but if anyone else wants to listen in, it's called Mission to Zix. That's Z-Y-X-X. And you can find it for free on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen. Listen. I listen. Listen.
1: I know that I, I was like, oh, what is it? But really, the, it's, the, it's you're great. right. I know what it is. And and it's a great show. It's epic and it's great. And it's...
2: Very fucking funny. And if you want A-list comedians doing improv in your ears, this is the place to go. Everyone's going to leave us for them. crap. (laughs) Mission to Zix. Z-Y-X-X. Check it out. All right. Lay it on. All right. Lay it on me.
1: Okay. So this was suggested in an email to me um, from a listener named Marlon. Hi, Marlon. Hi, Marlon. And she names herself as Marlon, a.k.a the one who got away from Scientology. And if you don't get that, which apparently M does not, you should join the secret and that's where we drink group because there is a whole thread about that.
2: Yeah, I didn't see it.
1: It is a very interesting little thread. Um, So that's your little teaser to join the secret Facebook group. So here we go. This is the story of John List. Okay. This mother. He was born in Bay City, Michigan, uh, as an only child to German-American parents in the 1920s. He grew up in a family of strict Lutherans, and he would grow up to be a devout Lutheran himself, even following in his father's footsteps and working as a Sunday school teacher for a while. He served in the military for uh, from 1943 to 1946 as a laboratory technician during World War II, and um, later he was recalled to active military service in November of 1950 as the Korean War was escalating. So it was at Fort Eustis in Virginia. Hey, I know Fort Eustis. Do you? Yeah, I went to college right next to it. Oh, I figured you might know where it was. Um, Where he met his future wife, Helen Morris Taylor. She was actually the widow of an officer who was killed in action in Korea. Mm. Um, And she had one daughter named Brenda. And they were married. So John and Helen were married on December 1st of 1951. Near the end of the Korean War, List got a job as an audit supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where he and Helen had three more kids. So by 1959, List had risen the ranks to general supervisor of his company's accounting department. But unfortunately, Helen had uh, developed a pretty bad alcohol problem, and she was growing increasingly unstable. Uh Uh-oh. Not a good start. In 1960, Brenda, her daughter got married and moved out of the house and in 1965 list was offered a job as vice president and comptroller at a bank in jersey city new jersey so he took his wife and three kids and they moved to new jersey and they moved into a 19 room mansion oh shit you know as casual as you do uh called breeze knoll of course (laughs) So it was an elegant place. It had marble fireplaces. It had its own ballroom. Um, And his mother also moved in with them. And she had her own separate living quarters on the third floor. So it was like her own little apartment where she had a kitchen, bathroom, and all that. Um, Helen's drinking problem didn't get any better. And after a few years, things were pretty much unraveling. So John lost his job at the bank. He fell into deep debt that he wasn't able to get himself out of. But his family had no clue. Okay. So he would leave for work every single day. And just fake it. Yeah. He actually went to the train station.
2: Aw. And sad. he would
1: nap, read, and wonder how to get his family out of their financial mess. Very sad. Very sad. To add insult to injury, Helen had stopped attending church with him and he was like deeply hurt by that? Yeah, deeply hurt. He was deeply religious, so he it really put a strain on their relationship when she wouldn't go to church with him. -hmm. On November 9th, 1971, List left a note for the milkman to cancel delivery. Helen was uh, having her morning coffee in the kitchen, and the kids had just gone to school. John walked
2: up behind his wife and shot her in the head. (gasps) That was how he was going to fix the financial problems. Just kill them. Yeah. All right, I
1: bet it worked. She was 46. He then went upstairs to see his mother on the third floor. And she was making herself breakfast. He gave her a kiss and then shot her in the head. Right above the left eye. Why? Why the mom? He realized she was too heavy to drag downstairs, so he put her on a carpet runner and stuffed her body into a nearby closet. Then he went downstairs and put his wife's body in a Boy Scout sleeping bag and dragged her to the floor of their ballroom.
2: Oh, right, yeah, their ballroom. Oh, the ballroom. <laughs> I forgot it. Which one? The second or the, the fourth one? or Was it the one painted gold? Or
1: Oh, right, it's the gilded 11th ballroom. Oh, there it is, okay. Right, yeah. Next, he went to the post office to um, stop his family's incoming mail. Uh, he went to the bank, cashed his mother's saving bonds, and closed their bank accounts. When he got home, he made several calls to explain um, that the family had left town to visit his wife's sick mother and that he would be following them shortly by car. Then he made lunch and ate it at the table where he had just shot his wife in the head. Jesus. A few hours prior. His, wow. ex- his explanation was, I was hungry, what could I do? His 16-year-old daughter, Patricia, called from school saying she was sick, so he picked her up and brought her home from school As she entered the house, John shot her in the back of the head. Oh, my God. He dragged her body into the ballroom and put her in another sleeping bag next to her mother. He ran some more errands, and then John went and picked up his 13-year-old son, Fred, from an after-school job. As Fred entered the house, John shot him in the back of the head. Oh, my God. And moved his body into the ballroom with the rest of his family. Jesus. Jesus. Then John went to see his son, John Jr., the oldest. (sighs) Not the oldest. The oldest son, uh, aged 15, play in a soccer game. After the soccer game, the two drove home. And when they got there, John shot him. But there was Mm. a struggle. And John Jr. didn't die right away. Oh, no. So his father ended up emptying two. He was holding two guns. The dad. He shot both guns until they were empty and there were no bullets left. Holy crap. And so John Jr. was shot 10 times. Before he died. Oh, my God. There was a, a note that he was crawling across the floor trying to, like, get away. and Yeah. He kept shooting until he was out of bullets, basically. Um, and Fuck. And he, he later said, I wasn't sure if it was because, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, I wasn't sure if it was because I didn't want him to suffer or because I wanted to, like, release all the tension of finally finishing my assignment. Oh. What a sick bastard! Right. Um, so his body, so John Junior's body, still wearing his coat and winter gloves, was dragged into the ballroom by his dad to be with the rest of his family. Basically, John just fucking systematically murdered his entire family, entire family. Um, his next step was to write a letter to his church's pastor. Oh my! Of course. Thanks, priest. hashtag Thanks, priest. hashtag Thanks, priest The letter was a detailed confession in which he explained that his life had fallen apart and he didn't want his family to suffer. The truth of how bad things had become.
2: Oh, so bad. But good, good thinking. Right, good thinking. But it's that
1: family annihilator thing that I've mentioned before, where um, people consider it, it's like a, a psychological thing of where men who are family annihilators, consider their families an extension of themselves. And so they right. almost you were, like...
2: You've done um, people like that before, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, I
1: did one story like that before. And they want to end the suffering so they kill their family
2: so they don't have to suffer. It's like it's like so they don't have to look in a mirror. Yeah,
1: it's all, exactly. It's almost like an extension of themselves. And they yeah, so fucked up. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> that night, he ate dinner as usual. And he slept in the billiards room. Uh huh. I don't know which one. There's probably 12. I don't know. I don't, with 19 rooms, at least seven of them got to have billiards in it. You'd think so, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, The next day, he calmly turned all the lights on in the house. How many lights? Probably like 812,000. <laughs> probably
2: eight. <laughs> probably eight lights. 19 rooms, eight lights. It's like Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Hanukkah works, right? Uh, yes.
1: Okay, cool. Every billiards room has one light.
2: Oh, except most of them.
1: And they burn for many, many hours. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He
2: turned all the eight lights
1: in the house on. (laughs) (laughs) He found every family photo in the house and cut his own face out of it.
2: Wow. Oof. Yeesh.
1: Turned on a Christian radio station. Perfect. And blasted it through all the intercoms. Of course. And left.
2: That's pretty eerie. Imagine being the cop who walks in on that and just hearing, like, Christian music all throughout the house, and then you find a bunch of dead bodies. And, like,
1: smelling blood and dead bodies. Yikes. Yeah. Firm pass. So Patty, the 16-year-old, had told her drama teacher that she was worried about her dad, and she told him that if he heard anything about the family going on a vacation, it would mean that something bad had happened and that her father might have hurt his family.
2: Ew, for a 16-year-old to just know that? Yeah. I mean, well, that's also so specific. Like, he had to have threatened it multiple times or something to them.
1: It is a very specific thing of,
2: like, if my dad says we're going on a vacation. Because I've heard, like, if something happens, know that it was my dad, but not if you hear this exact alibi. Which is the one he used. Like, it's very specific. You're right. Sounds like he... Has, like, he tried, like, threatening them one time and saying what he would do. Well,
1: apparently one night at dinner, he said later, he had asked them. He said he thought he was very, very sly. He had asked them what they would want done with their bodies once they were dead. And I'm like. Oh,
2: respectful.
1: Well, and I'm also like was it that they wanted to be in boy scout sleeping bags right yeah. in the ballroom
2: like i don't understand that's what... not even slick because it's not even slick and it's not even useful information like you just want to be found out at that point
1: well it's not useful at all because it's like why on earth would you even ask that when you're just going to put them in a ballroom with their heads shut up and then leave
2: for yeah exactly you know, what do you mean like he just wanted to be found out he just wanted to bring up the conversation he just
1: liked that he could say it. right exactly so, anyway, the drama teacher heard the school's news that the family was going on a trip. And he was like, oh, wait. He was like, no, they didn't. And he's like, something is up. So he drove by the family's house. But all the lights were on and things didn't look abnormal. The cars were there. It sounded like people were inside. So he went home. Thought he was but being... also,
2: if they went on a trip, why the fuck are lights on and people talking? That's a very good point. Just saying. Didn't think it through. And he's the teacher.
1: That is a really good point. Nearly a month later, on December 7th, a neighbor noticed that the lights in their house were flickering and that it seemed empty. When the police arrived, they found the bodies. A month later, that shit had to smell
2: so fucking bad.
1: And an entire month, almost an entire month.
2: Like, my aunt used to live, my aunt and my cousin used to live in a very dingy apartment in Brooklyn, somewhere in New York. But they, stayed in, they lived in an apartment for years, and she told me that um, the guy upstairs was definitely a loner, super introverted, didn't know anyone, very, like, basically, I she thought he might have been agoraphobic. And he died up there, and because he didn't have any friends, no one went checking on him, so they only found him by the smell. And she was the one who had to call the cops, because she, she smelled the dead body. And she said that he had only died 10 days ago, and he was already stinking up an entire complex where from the bottom floor she Ugh. and also she said like um and she's no cop or anything but i'm gonna take her word for it she was like you never have to have had smelled death before to smell it the first time and know what you're smelling is death right and she was just like she just it hit her like a ton of bricks and she was like that's that's a dead body i mean it must be a very unique smell too you know she said it's weirdly sweet i've heard that which too. makes sense because like all your like I've heard that. You're sleeping out.
1: Well, I, I, speaking of that, did you see the post? It was a while back, a while ago, I think it was a few months ago, on the secret Facebook group. Uh, hint, hint,
2: wink, wink, nudge, wink, nudge. Wink, wink,
1: join the group. Uh, <laughs> or you'll miss out on all these fun death stories. Uh, this woman said that, today I drink because my across the hall neighbor was found, like, dead in his apartment. I, I saw guess, that, I saw that. I guess he had, like, she woke up till... I don't know if she woke up, but she saw all these emergency personnel and things outside in the hallway, and they had all these crazy, intense industrial fans set up to try and get rid of the smell Jesus. and tarps, and, like, they had found his body in the apartment across the hall. Ugh. And, I mean, that's traumatizing even just to be, like, that close to it. Yeah. But to think, like, you're the cop who finds a
2: family. And also, like, getting back to the point, is that, like, um, a month of... A month. A month of, like, what I was, that whole story I said was just to insinuate that, like, that was 10 days. Right, right, right. Imagine three times that.
1: Well, and, like, the youngest is 13. Like, that's so fucked up.
2: Yeah, if the youngest is 13, that's just horrific. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So they
1: found the bodies. John was immediately the prime suspect, obviously, because he was not, the only family member not there. Right, right. Um, and he had cut his own face out of all the family photos. Right.
2: No big deal. Uh, and the, the daughter's testimony about if we ever say we're going on a trip.
1: Well, sure. But they didn't know that yet. But oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. At the time yeah, that those were the, the main points. Gotcha. To make him the suspect. Um, but the problem was they had no idea where he had gone.
2: Cause again, it's been almost a month. Right. He could be anywhere. Yeah. Do you think if you did something that horrible mm-hmm. and you're on the run for a month, what like are you still on day 30 and think you haven't been found out? Or, like, what day do you start getting paranoid that you're, quote, on the run and people are looking? Like, when do you start thinking you mean when one... do you stop thinking that? Or when do no, you... No, like, because I feel like... I bet he thought... i got a good two weeks before I have to start being oh, before paranoid. before I find out. Yeah. Right, like, right. On what day do you start thinking, I'm probably wanted and need to look out?
1: I would think within, like, a week or two I'd start getting paranoid. But I'm also a very anxious person.
2: Do you think he found out that, like, he was like slick about it for 30 whole days
1: i mean he definitely i i don't know i don't know i don't know how you would find out because it was also you know the 80s
2: that's oh yeah that's true that's even scarier like if you're like on the other end of that the 70s no it's even scary like if you're like a bad guy that had to be even harder because you had no way of knowing Actually, yeah, it's probably easier it's though easier, because because you don't have nobody, nobody can is, track you. Yeah, or like no one's like posting your picture everywhere on social media, which
1: is also like as much as that's, a th- you know, as much as you think, oh well, like you won't be able to keep track as much. At the same time, like you can distance yourself from it because it's not constantly yeah. what you're looking up on Google, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So the police had no idea where he had gone. So Breeze Knoll, the 19 room mansion. Was destroyed by arson on August 20th, 1972, which was approximately 10 months after the murders.
2: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: And that crime remains officially unsolved. Okay. Um, the ballroom stained glass skylight was destroyed, which was rumored to have been a signed Tiffany original.
2: Wow. Which was
1: worth at least $100,000. Jeez. Which is, in 2016, was equivalent to $570,000. <gasps> oh. Um And so the whole house was destroyed, and in 1974, a new house was built. So basically, he was disappeared, and the only thing they had going was this house caught on fire, and they had no leads. Fast forward 18 years later. Jesus. On May 21st of 1989, America's Most Wanted featured the massacre on their show. Mm-hmm. It was a relatively new show at the time. Um, and they had a sort of uh, like a forensic guy who would make busts of people he would like age progress what a person would look like and they would make a bust of it so they featured a clay bust of john list that had been age progressed to resemble what he would look like that like 18 years later yeah um and list's former neighbor recognized him as a suspect she saw the tv show and was like oh my god i know that guy and within two weeks of the broadcast list was arrested oh wow Um, It turns out what he had done is he had left his car at the airport as like a decoy, Mm -hmm. then taken a train from New Jersey to Michigan and then from Michigan to Colorado. He had settled in Denver, taken an accounting job as Bob Clark, which was the name of one of his college classmates. Um, He joined a Lutheran congregation Mm -hmm. and he ran a carpool for church members who couldn't drive themselves to church. Very heavily involved in the Christian community. All right. He married a woman that he met at a um, at a church social gathering named Dolores Miller. They got married in 1985 and moved to Midlothian, Virginia.
2: Oh, uh, that's an hour away from my hometown. Is it? Yeah.
1: In 1988. Uh, he was arrested on June 1st of 1989. Yowza. During the trial, List explained that he was too ashamed to tell his family how bad his financial situation had become. Um, He says, quote, I finally decided the only way to save them from that was to kill them.
2: Or he could have just taken them on a train, then a plane, then a car to a fucking bank where he could get a job under the name Bob Clark. And then make a bunch of money and no one had to die. Sure, he could, but, But it was just easier to kill them before he did all that and made the money for himself. Why not just fucking
1: shoot them in the head? Right. Sure. Make, just make sense. Uh, he said he killed his family because he wanted to make sure they got to heaven. Uh, Okay. And he said he didn't want to wait any longer. He had seen a lot of sin in the world. And he knew that now is the time that if he killed them, they would make it to heaven for sure. And, uh... He wouldn't have to worry about their afterlife. Uh, when asked why he didn't kill himself, he explained that suicide was a cardinal sin, and if he had killed himself, he would have prevented himself from getting to heaven and reuniting with his family. So he wasn't going to kill himself because it was a sin. So he murdered his entire family to make sure right. that he didn't commit any sins. You know, because well,
2: murder isn't a cardinal sin, I guess, unless it's on yourself. Right. Sure. Exactly. But he like he thought, oh, I can murder all these people for no reason and still go to heaven. Right, and we'll get to heaven together. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, the judge was
1: unpersuaded and said, John Emma List is without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. He uh, sentenced John to five terms of of life imprisonment, that were to be served consecutively, mm-hmm. which it was the maximum uh, penalty at the time. And on March twenty first, two thousand eight, at the age of eighty two, John died of complications from pneumonia. Okay. Uh, before his death, he said he was very excited to reunite with his family in heaven, and he knew that that by the time he got there, they would have forgiven him, or maybe they wouldn't remember what he had done at all.
2: Oh that's nice. Yeah. So what about his other wife? Like did he even love her? The one that he married later on in life? The most of the articles I read and there was like a New York Times article that tried
1: to reach her. Uh the reporter tried to reach her and I guess she just refused to return any calls or any
2: Fair. Can you imagine if you Totally oh, no. What totally. If that's blaze? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what if he did that? Did what, murdered everybody? Yeah. Then I'd be dead. No, I mean, what if he had
1: a life before you? Oh, right. Because he's 27 and I'm sure he has a long oh, yeah. history of murderous pasts.
2: You know what? A lot of people have kids before they're even 18. He could have had a whole family and then said like, oh, yeah, I went to Yale. No big deal. You want to marry me? It's and you're like, fine. oh, yeah, I yeah. just
1: want to send them to heaven. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's Why fine. would
2: you be answering phones either, though, for interviewers? I'd be like shutting them down hell the fuck so i don't really blame her no i don't blame her at all but so it's definitely like very unknown
1: like what her stance was because she was kind of like leave me out of it for obvious reasons um after he died fun fact no one came to claim his body well because they all were already dead Well, welfare (laughs) but he had extended family and stuff nobody came to claim his body Um, and I read an article that explained that if no one claims his body, the mortuary calls the local funeral director and that person will have the body cremated. Then the undertaker keeps the remains for a year. And Uh if nobody claims them, they're put in a concrete vault and buried in the state cemetery. Ew. So the undertaker has to keep the remains for a year. Jesus. I
2: mean, don't you think that person seen a fucking ghost? Oh, for sure. Okay, so actually when I was applying to BU. Yeah. Um to meet me. To meet you. Yeah. Who knew? Aww. Actually, this should have this is a full circle. This this, this is tell one me, of those tell me, tell me. If someone did a movie about our life and this part showed up before we even became friends, it's such a foreshadow. Oh, man. I the only reason I got in is because one of the people not in BU not in the BU comm department, but in BU in general, they were still looking at everyone. So they were coming, because mm-hmm. I interviewed as an um, an RA or a TA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the job, but whatever. The guy liked me. Because I, he was asking what other people had done before. And this was on my like professional interview. And I was like, I was a paranormal investigator. And he, everyone else had been, you know, trying to brown nose me like, oh, I did this, this, and this. And I did this, this, and this, and trying to one up each other. And I had the only unique answer. And I was like, I was a paranormal investigator. And he stopped dead in his tracks and was like, I used to be a mortician. No. And so he pulled me aside and we had our, everyone was supposed to eat together for lunch. And him and I sat alone and we just <gasps> swapped ghost stories all lunch. Talk about brown nosing. Talk about brown nosing. <laughs> like, wow, that paid off. Wait, but you didn't get the job? No. So but it didn't I, bail. <laughs> I, I didn't want the job anyway. So, because after we, because they made us take all these like, training orientations and halfway through i was like i do not want this job um but no so i got to like all we did was swap ghost stories so i've absolutely and he's told me too he was like every mortician i know has wild stories really yeah that's fascinating kind of have to be a believer if that's your business someone on jim harold
1: recently said they worked in a funeral home for years and they were like i never had any experience until like one time um, and it was like crazy, but he was like, yeah, it was years before I had anything happen.
2: It's kind of like being a, probably like an investigator where when you go into it, you're either a staunch skeptic mm-hmm. or a total believer. There's right. no in between. Right, right, right. I would think huh. so. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Is there a geo horoscope?
1: I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. So he said that uh, he, his body would be buried in the state cemetery. Yeah. Uh, they also said the department would use any money remaining in his account at the prison to pay for all or part of the cremation and burial, according to state regulations. Wow. Yeah. So like, if interesting, it, you, I would never know. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. That's why I included it. I was like, what a weird detail. They use the money from his prison account. Like from his commissary? Yeah. To pay for his own yes. funeral, basically. Yeah. And his burial. Wow. And cremation. Um, And then they would also contact the Social Security Administration, Veterans Administration, and Public Welfare for any death benefits and use that money toward it. And then the state would pay the rest. Wow. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah,
2: no, so many, i I've, I never even knew that was a question I had. Same. But now that you've answered it, I'm, I now know what happens (laughs) to bodies who don't get claimed. Listen, last week
1: I told you what humans taste like. This week I tell you what happens to unclaimed bodies. Oh, you're such a sage, an oracle. I'm... The oracle of our time. There it is. The millennial oracle. That's my new blog. You heard it here. I like it. All right. Okay. Uh, So that's that. That's the story of this mofo who murdered his entire family. Hashtag family annihilator, which was... Yeah. Family annihilator was a term I used in a, a different episode But it was the same kind of story where he killed his family because it was an extension of his failures. Totally. And it was featured in Criminal Minds, which is why I know what it is. Mm. Hashtag Shamar Moore. (laughs) My true love. Okay. Well, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. You want to know something? Yes. So Theron, our good friend, he messaged us. He actually was on the Facebook Live with us. Yes, I know that. And he uh, suggested that we do horoscopes for geo on geoscopes
2: from the onion. Oh, I love it. Okay. Which is a great. Tell, I love the onion. You don't have to tell me what the onion is. Journalistic. I would say probably the most professional news of our time. Definitely. It's like and, Col- Colbert report. Like I learned so much. And it's sadly not as ridiculous as it used to be because our actual world is so fucking ridiculous. But they
1: have to be more balanced. And normal.
2: The Onion is supposed to be like a total fake news, but everything else an actual like joking comedy news outlet where they make up fake articles. Right. That seem somewhat plausible just basically to troll people. Right. But they're so funny to people who are aware that it's fake. Right. Right. But now they actually have to go above and beyond ridiculous just so people don't confuse them with the real news yeah. that we're seeing these days because everything looks like an onion article now everything does my brother
1: subscribes to a really f- fucking funny subreddit called are not the onion and it's a subreddit not the onion yeah and <laughs> it's funny articles that are so absurd that your're headlines that are so absurd that you're like oh this has to be the onion yeah but it's not oh, but it's no. so true like there's so many nowadays where you're like, this has to be fake. Like there's yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he said they do um horoscopes. And I was like, well, that's well, fun. Let's I'ma read you. I'ma read you a geoscope. <gasps> Little baby G. You're welcome, Scorpios.
2: Alright, let's go. Okay. Let's Scorpio. Nope. Let's Scorpio go. Let's Scorpio go. Oof, that's let's- even worse. Let's let's Scorpio stop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, okay.
2: Baby G, listen up.
1: While there's no shame in admitting you don't know everything, there's actually quite a lot of shame in admitting you can't figure out how to eat chips and salsa. Baby G, that is so true. Baby G. Baby G, but uh, if you need help, just ask. I mean, he's not going to. He has a lot of pride.
2: And he is a Scorpio. Very stubborn. Thank you. Exactly. Very stubborn.
1: And also... When he eats, like, salsa or things that are a little spicy, he gets really upset. Oh, baby G. starts sneezing. Oh,
2: baby
1: G. But apparently that's shameful, according to the onion. Mm.
2: I don't think Scorpios would like that. No. Is that the whole horoscope? Yeah. (laughs) It's literally just one sentence? (laughs) Yes. Baby G, that's it. All right, well, (laughs) there it is. Do you want to hear yours? Oh, you mean ours. I mean ours. Okay.
1: Okay. Gemini. All right. They say that it's not how well the bear dances that's impressive, but that the bear can dance at all, which is kind of insulting considering the number of hours you spent teaching it. Huh? Hmm. You're teaching a bear to dance. Is that the how come
2: we get sage, confusing wisdom? I don't know. But uh, baby G gets a chips and salsa. I
1: don't know. Comment. I, I relate to Geo's a lot more.
2: Yeah. I guess it means that if the bear's trying at all, you should be proud even if even if there was effort. Even if he's trying and he sucks, just be happy that he's trying at all. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. I mean, that's kind of how I live my life, looking in a mirror every day. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying. You're like, bear who's dancing? I'm the bear who's dancing. I'm like, look, I'm making it work the best I can, even if it's not great. I'm yeah. just... I'm still breathing. That's the impressive part. Like, how else could you expect me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't expect more from me. I'm already doing all that I can with when it comes to my bare minimum requirements. Bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Is it's... this where I do my spiel?
1: Listen, do your spiel while you hold that disembodied foot.
2: I'm going to let the Velisca axe... Hack at the disembodied foot. Oh, that's in beautiful. front of the demon pig. The demon pig's gonna watch. <laughs> Upside down? Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at ATWWD Podcast. You can also find us on our website, and that's why we drink.com. You can find our merch store at and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com. You can find our Patreon at ATWWD Podcast, where you can help us. Please help us. Um, what else do we have to offer you? You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Play, G- Google Play. We're on Audio Boom. Find us on our secret page or just add us on our general page. Um, you, if you do find our secret page and you are a Patreon donator. Donator (laughs) You can Donator uh, Watch us on Facebook live At the beginning of every month Mm -hmm. You can also email us at And that's why we drink At gmail.com And send in your listeners stories We do that every uh, First of the month Um, Thank you to everyone Who came out For our most recent Facebook live That was super fun I appreciated all the good Questions about ghosts Mm -hmm. Um, One last thing We have been promising you And promising you And promising you That something Halloween themed, would be coming out of our show. It's coming. And it is coming, and unfortunately, you don't get to hear about it, because Christine can't know about it, because for once in this fucking show, I am in charge of something, and it's a surprise, (laughs) and Christine can't know about it until it's happening. Listen, if I have to suffer, y'all have to suffer. So when it does happen, I will be recording it on some format. I don't know if it's going to be video, audio, what, but I'm going to document Christine's experience... (laughs) And that is going to be your Halloween present outside of our normal storytelling. I'm just losing my mind over whatever the hell it is. I don't know what it is. But it's going to be pretty fun, and I'm, it will be out by Halloween. I'm so excited. As long as Christine remains free and doesn't make plans by accident on the day that I've told her to be free, even though she can't know why, when, or what we're doing. I will be liberated AF. So happy Halloween in advance because the next time you hear from us it will be Halloween Eve Eve. Eve Eve, yeah. So anyway, you are getting something. I can't tell you what it is, just be ready for it. Just know that M's waving the disembodied foot around. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> the
1: disembodied foot's excited about it. Um, the man in our part in our house that I talked to with the
2: pendulum is excited about it. Probably so. Everybody's excited about it. Um, and thank you guys for helping us. We've been our our numbers have been doing really well. I know we're not like supposed to talk business for to you because like all of the uh, podcast one hundred and one uh, blogs out there tell you that we're not supposed to like tell you the personal stuff about our show. But at the same time, like if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't have personal information. Right. So like we might as well keep you up to date with how we're doing and it's because of you guys. There's no reason it's not how hard we're working or how good our stories are or how funny or not funny you think we are based on the iTunes reviews I've been reading, you slick demons. But <laughs> but there it's because you guys are helping us out so much and we really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you. you. You're the
2: you're kidding. you're the reason we do this. You're the reason we drink. You you're the reason we drink. Stop
1: making me! You're driving me to drink, people. Because she likes it in a good way. Um, okay, guys. See you next week. See you on Halloween weekend. And that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. Clink! And that's why, why we we drink drink. Ah! That was really <laughs> close, though. I know. Almost got it. We
2: almost got it.
0: In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities.